0: There are no more beautiful words in Scripture than those we just read and heard. I pray that they will come into your very fiber, not just into your heart and into your mind, but in the very soul that God has given you in new life. Faith. We talk about faith so often. And here it's said clearly, a description of it, an assurance of things hoped for. An assurance. How sad it is to live this life on earth without assurance of the things that you're hoping for. Not only that, but it's a conviction of things not seen. By faith, the men of old gained approval for such faith. A very good friend of Sally's and mine and especially dear one for Sally became ill the last couple of months and had to go to the doctor. She went on Friday. Sally was there to be with her. And they discovered things that they thought were there and then they discovered more of the same kind of things in other places. We won't know the exact things that were found until Monday to say that to say that her life is under attack would be minor to say that those who love her most are struggling would be truthful but for those of her friends who like her have a faith in Jesus Christ who has saved their souls we are assured of the things that we hope for we are convinced of things that can't be seen and we know because of that that we have gained approval in the sight of God and even though we don't know what the physical outcome of all these things may be for Billy, we know that what we hope for her and for ourselves will definitely be true. We know that the things we hope for, for the presence of God in our life and the strength of God who will take her hand and already has, day by day will be a reality we know that her healing will occur, whether it's here or whether it's with the Lord. We know that. We are here today to celebrate the faith of people who have conviction about what it means to follow Christ. And nothing on this earth is ever allowed to shake that conviction, conviction and that includes death itself. We are a people who live beyond death. We are a people who believe and hold fast to the hand that has delivered us From the pain of sin. That's why we struggle and we sweat. And we work to lay aside. Every encumbrance. So that we might deliver that message. To the millions of people. Right around us. Who do not believe that. They only believe in a God who gives them everything they want on earth. And as this text says, there are many things we long for on this earth that we never see but we continue to believe in because they will be fulfilled just not here in our sight. They will be done because God is not mocked and God does not make promises that God does not keep. And so death, whenever you come, just come on. You can't take a thing from me. You can take me away from my loved ones for a short while on this earth, but it's all short anyways. And I'm going to live and praise and make fun of you for thousands of years to come because you are hated by God and by all God's people for you are evil and you stand against God. And we stand with God. And we declare our faith whatever is going on. There is an inner certainty That's locked into the DNA of Christians. That is able to smile when death is certain. That other people do not have. Because we are expecting that when we close our eyes for the last time. We are about to open them for the last time as well. And oh my goodness. What are we going to see? I haven't got a clue. But it's going to be so good that it's beyond anybody's words to describe. I'm going to see great-grandfathers I've never seen. I'm going to see great-uncles I've never seen. I'm going to see great-aunts. I'm going to see cousins who left this world far too soon. I'm going to see children who were never born. My grandchildren who didn't taste the air of earth but certainly have tasted of the air of eternity. I'm going to see... And that day comes, things I can never see here. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not yearning for a ticket today. <laughs> but if it comes, don't you gather and weep for me. You can weep for Sally because I don't know who will take care of her. <laughs> but don't worry. Somebody will be found, sure, I, I, quickly, I'm sure. And that's okay because I'll get her back one day. And I won't be sharing her either. <laughs> we are surrounded this morning by a great, great cloud of witnesses. Now, you may think that the empty pews are just empty. You may think that just the people you see are here. But let me be, let me assure you of something. We're not the only ones gathered in this place. Just recently, Doug Giffen, Dot Morris, Lorna Mullins, and Price Robertson they've gone to be with the lord completely they are here today now you may think that's great they came today but they've been here all along i'm convinced that when the body of christ gathers that the saints gather with them when there're two or three of us in the physical bodies worshiping praising god we're not worshiping praising alone this place is packed If you could just see them, they're floating everywhere. If only we had eyes to see beyond this earthly realm with spiritual eyes, we could see what no physical eye could ever behold. We could see why people give of themselves and live a life that answers the question, what does the Lord expect of me? And the answer is simply me. God expects me. Wow, God has a lot of courage. Because when God gets me, he gets a mess. He gets something that's hard to control. He gets something that at times embarrasses God. He gets something that at times makes God thrilled with joy. He gets something. He gets me. He gets all of me. He doesn't just get my tithe. He just doesn't get my Sunday mornings or my Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 or 9 to 10 or whatever the day happens to be. He gets me 24-7. And if you play golf with me, you get Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you might before the round is over. If you go hunting with me, we're not just going hunting. We're going to talk about life. Life is so much larger than earth. We're cramped down here. I can't imagine. I'd probably weigh 600 pounds if I wasn't cramped by earth. Because I can just enjoy all the good food all the time. In heaven, I'll do that, and I'll be six foot four. <laughs> and I will weigh 195. I'll look like those guys on TV with the shiny helmets running down the field. I won't be limping. I won't be worried about falling. I'll be loosed to be all that I can be. Therefore, it's not too much for for God to ask us for our lives. It's not too much for God to ask us to set aside the things that want to hold us back from God. It's not too much for God to call those of who have received all of that to come together as a church and to have a vision that is larger than we've ever had before. To have a hope that God is going to do mighty and miraculous things, not just in Cambodia, not just in Guatemala, not just in Germany, but in Carrollton, Texas, that these seats will be so full that all the saints will have to float around because there will be no place for them to sit in a seat. They'll be full because we as the body of Christ would have given our whole lives without reservation to God himself. Our stewardship will be that every word we speak and every thought we share and every dime we give and every dime we possess will be there for God's glory. We will never need, when we reach that place, another stewardship campaign. Hallelujah, I hate them. <laughs> because a stewardship campaign is an insult to the people of God it really is it's not an, ins- an insult to the people who are new in their faith because they have to be taught to be stewards but to so some who've been in the church all their lives it's an insult for me to tell you you need to tithe surely you've already gone far beyond just 10 percent of what you have in giving to God it's an insult for me to tell you you need to serve It's an insult for me to tell you to pray. Oh, my God, how can you know Jesus and not pray? It's it's ridiculous for me to even think I need to tell you to use your influence. To be a good steward of the influence God has given you. You know who influences your children most? It's not the preacher, and it's not the Sunday school teacher. It's their parents. For good or for ill, you influence them most. Use your influence. And be a good steward of it. Use the vision that God has given this church and those who've gone on before us. We've been handed these facilities. Now I know some of you say, well, they could have handed them to us debt-free. Yeah, they could have. That would have been nicer for me. Probably nicer for you. But nothing good comes without a price. Nothing. So if you want to answer the question of the sermon series that's going to be winded up... At the week after Bishop Jones comes, it's hard for me to call him anything but Scott. I probably will that morning to just remind him who he really is. I don't think there's going to be bishops in heaven. That'll be a problem for him, but... <laughs> actually, it won't. Here's the answer. What does the Lord expect of me? He expects you. Every day. All day. Oh, yes, he knows you've got to make a living. But while you're making making a living, He expects you. He expects you to give all of you to whatever the circumstance may be. And if you want to cut Jesus out of a part of your life, good luck with that. Because when you do that, you're really cutting life off from yourself. Yes, we're going to take up cards next week and we're going to consecrate it. And we're going to set a budget according to what you say you plan to give because I believe in being faithful to what you tell me to do it with. But you don't give because of a budget. You give because this church has touched your life. You give because you know people who have met Jesus Christ through the ministries of this church. Not only in Carrollton, Texas, but around this world. You give because you know someday you're going to breathe your last breath of air. And you have learned to believe that the church of Jesus Christ is God's chosen instrument to principally reach out and save the world. If you're looking for somebody else to save you, if you're looking for the United States government to save you, you've got a problem. If you're looking for any government to save you, you've got a problem. If you're looking for your wife to save you, you've got a problem. If you're looking for your husband to save you, you've got a problem. You've got a problem if you're looking for anything else to change your life other than the Lord Jesus Christ and the church, which is a living body of believers all around this earth. This one we've been given the vision for. We don't have to fulfill everyone's vision. We've got to fulfill God's vision for this church. And it's going to take you, brother, and you, sister, and all the youth and children in between. We're going to have to come together. We're going to have to come together in a new way to make true what God's vision is for this place. Or not. I don't know. I know this. I was comfortable in Frisco, Texas. I had a good job. I had good pay. I had a large staff. I had people I knew I could go to, and if we were struggling in, in finances, they'd be provided. I knew that congregation. I don't know all of you yet. But God told me that I needed to leave that place. It says, God is the steward of my life. I left. And I didn't come here to sit on my hands until I retire. I came here to join hands with my brothers and sisters in Carrollton, Texas. in First Church, as we call it here. To reach out and touch the world beginning right here. Even when Jesus told the disciples, he said, Begin in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the othermost parts of the earth. Well, we're not finished in Carrollton, Texas. We're going to keep touching the world, but we got things to do. Now, it might be possible I can't do it all by myself. I don't know that. But it might be possible I need JD. It might be possible that I need the Cindy's. They're a pair, you know. They come in two shapes and sizes. (laughs) It might be possible I need a Chiv. And it might be possible that I need a Debbie and all the office volunteers. It might be possible I need a whole lot more to do God's vision in this church. But you know what? For those who work with me and that you pay, actually God pays. We're going to do all we can to achieve the vision of this church. How fast we get there depends on you. So I have a simple question for you as you receive communion this morning. As you remember your Lord Jesus Christ. as Man, I'm doing good on time. As you remember... As you remember the saints who've gone this past year, I want you to remember what brought you to this place on Hebron Parkway. I want you to remember why you built these buildings. I want you to remember how these buildings have touched you and have touched people that you've known. I want you to remember the joy you felt When you've seen someone come to Christ at this chancel rail. I want you to remember that this church is about touching lives. I want you to remember how good you feel when you sing songs like The Great I Am. I want you to remember when David's leading us in worship. That feeling you get that you can't get other places necessarily. I want you to remember for goodness sakes who you are and to whom you belong. And then you fill out your card. And then when I give you a card to fill out for how you want to serve, you fill it out too. Because I'm not just about your money and I'm not just about your service. I'm about all of you, girls, boys. I want your whole thing. I want your heart. I want your feet. I want your voice. I want your talents. Wow. Did you just check out this place up here? I can hardly walk around. There's so much stuff up here. Because we got so many people who lend their talents, giving them to God worship in this church they just give them away it's up to David to make them sound good that's his problem but he does it over and over again they give of what God has given them God never asks you to give anything you don't have so if you're here all nervous about stewardship you see after three weeks attendance is down I realize that you know people always try to run from being good stewards to God I don't know what to say for them but you know they can just run It won't stop the preaching about stewardship. And stewardship's not going to be just preached in October every year. Because, you know, stewardship is about 24-7, 365. So if you think you can avoid me, (laughs) you'll have to stay home a long, long time. And if you think you can avoid being a steward to God, you don't know the God that I worship God will not leave you alone. If you've been hanging on to what's yours and trying to parcel out what's God, good luck with that. That's like trying to tell a teenager you don't have any more money. (laughs) What do they say? You know? But I gotta have it. And what do you do? You go beg, borrow, and steal it. Then you come to church and say, I'm sorry I gave it to the teenager. God says... Give it to me first. Give it to me first. Because when you give it to me, I'll do more with it than you can ever dream of for your teenager and for your children, for your neighbors, for your community. Give it to me because we have work to do right here in this church.